latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic drive time. And welcome to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. Today is Thursday, August 10th, 2023, the Feast of St. Lawrence, which used to be a massive feast. It used to be a holy day of obligation. Uh, St. Lawrence was a Roman deacon during the 3rd century, serving under Pope Sixtus II. Uh, Fun fact, if Pope Francis took the name Pope Sixtus, he'd be Pope Sixtus VI, the 266th Pope. Um, Just fun (laughs) fact right there. And 258 during the Emperor Valerian's increased persecutions of Christians, St. Lawrence displayed immense fidelity and devotion to Pope Sixtus II. And I have to read to you exactly the interchange that he had. So Pope Sixtus, so this is not even about him, but he was pretty awesome Pope as well, a martyr. He was taken off to be executed, and St. Lawrence looks to him and says, Where are you going, my father, without your son? Where are you going, holy pontiff, without your deacon? Isn't it the custom to offer the sacrifice with an assistant? Let me prove I am worthy of the choice you made when you entrusted me with the distribution of the blood of our Lord. Now, what a beautiful thing. Shattered. It shattered. And it's amazing to think about because he's here making an analogy to the Holy Mass, saying, look at the Holy Mass. I've been assisting you as a deacon. And now, as you're offering your own body as a sacrifice, I desired to lay down my life with you. And Pope Sixtus prophesied, I am an old man. They will have mercy on me and kill me quickly. But you are young and you are strong and they will kill you and you will have a glorious death. And so he is comforted by this thought. Imagine being comforted by knowing you're going to be executed in a very gruesome way. St. Lawrence then followed him to his martyrdom three days later. Now, he was told before this to bring the riches of the church. And St. Lawrence said, all right, come back and I will give you the riches of the church. And he brought forth the poor and the suffering. And he brought them to the Romans and said, this is the treasury of the church. And so, uh, not very happy with being mocked. They decided, okay, smart guy, all right, wise guy, uh, you think you're so funny? Well, let's see how you're uh, laughing if we uh, put you over a spit. So they roast him over coals. And I was thinking about it, and I was like, yeah, that's such a horrible, painful way to die. And then I was thinking, you know, I my hand hurts when I try to flip the tortilla on the <laughs> <laughs> on the stove. I'm like trying to flip it like, ow, ow, ow. like I don't know how my mom can flip the tortilla without burning her hand. But man, I'm like that hurts so much. And I was thinking, oh my goodness, imagine just sitting there all over your roasting. Body. You're just like it's like man, that guy ro- he's roasting. He's roasting real good. And so he turns and he talks to the people after he's been burned to a crisp. He says, "All right, I'm done on this side. Flip me over." And uh, and they do, and they and during despite the excruciating pain, he is composed, and he requests to be turned over and be roasted on the other side. Ultimately, he dies, but he prays for the conversion of Rome, and his prayers were answered as Roman senators witnessed his martyrdom and converted. So let's pray for that humility, that recognizing the sacrifice of the mass, the way Saint Lawrence understood the mass, and let's pray that we all have the courage to be great martyrs like St. Lawrence. St. Lawrence, pray, pray for, for us. us. Uh, now, good morning to you, Mr. Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Adrian. It is good to be here. We have a special guest here today as well. Absolutely. Good morning to you, Fonzie. Good morning, good morning. Oh, wait, we got to have uh, his mic turned on first, but good morning oh. to you, Fonzie. There you good go. Good morning. 
Yep, it's good to have you on this morning. Um, we're going to be talking to Fonzi at around 30 past the hour. We're going to be chatting about World Youth Day. Uh, oh. He's put out four or five videos uh, about World Youth Day recently, so we're going to chat about um, your conversations, what you've learned. Um, I think that'll be good. I'm looking forward to that. Sounds good, yeah. Now, you know, I was thinking about St. Lawrence, and it's kind of crazy to think about because during that time, you had like the emperor, you had the prefect, you had like all these people who had ma- massive power, wealth, glory. How many, how many of them can you name? Can you even name the prefect who put St. Lawrence to death? Oh, that's a good point. You have no, we have no idea who these people are. But yet, a lowly deacon who was killed by the Romans, there's a ginormous basilica named after him in Spain. It sounds like he put his treasure in heaven. Mm. You know, because here we're everything moth and rust tarnishes. When you have this, you have your treasure in heaven, you last forever. That's your yeah. legacy. Yeah, it was kind of uh, makes me laugh whenever there are people the the feminists say uh, that no a well-behaved woman makes history. It's like literally <laughs> the only women I know the names of are well-behaved women. <laughs> like Saint <laughs> Teresa of Avila, you know, the Blessed Virgin Mary. It's like Saint Teresa Lisieux. I could just go on and on and on. It's like all the female saints. They're the only women that I could like name to you that are historically oh. relevant. <laughs> what about Saint Joan of Arc? Saint Joan of Arc, also well-behaved woman. True. Yeah. And she. Trick question. What was her uh, her great her great quote? Um, it's like if if I'm not in a state of grace, I pray that God put me there. If I am in a state of grace, I pray that God keep me there. Mm-hmm. That's a well-behaved woman. If you ever if I have ever seen one. So there you go, folks. Um, Saint Joan of Arc, a Great model friends. of um, of obedience and of good behavior, not of uh, feminism. <laughs> <laughs> All right, at 15 past the hour, we're going to talk about some good news stories um, because, you know, honestly, I need some good news. There's I, no good news, Eddie. What are you I, talking about? Well, I searched for like two hours and I got three stories. So Nice. <laughs> <laughs> At 30 past the hour, like I mentioned, Fonzie's going to be on with us talking about World Youth Day. In the next hour, Alan Smith at the Bishop Sheen today is going to be talking about canonization of Fulton Sheen. How is that holding up? There is some uh, news that we're going to discuss. Uh, plus, I'm going to try to see if I can sneak in a conversation about vocations with um, Alan Smith at, at the in the next hour. Plus, our Fear and Trembling game show and during the after show. I have a major announcement to tell you, but I'm only sharing this with people who are joining us in the after show. So if you're going to want to stick with us in the after show, because I got some big news um, that I'm going to be sharing. It's pretty big. Foreshadowing. Um, oh. am, am I leaving CDT? Oh, no. Foreshadowing? Oh, wow. oh, interesting. Okay. All right. Let's begin with prayer, as is our custom. We're praying for your intentions. Whatever it is that you have going on in your life, we're going to be praying for that. For our friends, family, benefactors, and all those we promise to pray for, for the end to the scourge of abortion, and for the salvation of souls and liberty and exaltation of Holy Mother Church. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. O Immaculata, Queen of Heaven and Earth, refuge of sinners and our most loving Mother, God has willed to entrust the entire order of mercy to you. I, a repentant sinner, cast myself at your feet, humbly imploring you to take me with all that I am and have wholly to yourself as your possession and property. Please make of me of all my powers of soul and body, of my whole life, death, and eternity, whatever most pleases you. If it pleases you, use all that I am and have without reserve, wholly to accomplish what was said of you. 
She will crush your head, and you alone have destroyed all heresies in the world. Let me be a fit instrument in your immaculate and merciful hands for introducing and increasing your glory to the maximum in all the many strayed and indifferent souls, and thus help extend as far as possible the blessed kingdom of the most sacred heart of Jesus. For wherever you enter, you obtain the grace of conversion and growth in holiness, since it is through your hands that all graces come to us from the most sacred heart of Jesus. Allow me to praise you, O sacred virgin. Give me strength against your enemies. O Mary, conceived without sin, pray for us who have recourse to thee, and for those that do not have recourse to thee, especially for the Freemasons and those commended to thy care. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. And now your headline news with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. You're listening to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Here are your Thursday headlines. Here's an update to the story. Uh, FBI probably putting plants in your in your uh, parish. This is from LifeSite. The headline goes, Bombshell new FBI memo shows agency used multiple offices to spy on traditional Catholics. New documents obtained by Representative Jim Jordan show that an undercover FBI employee reported on a subject who was attending an SSPX-affiliated church in California. The documents also show that the FBI offices in Los Angeles and Portland were involved in the creation of the FBI's memo that described traditional Catholics as, quote, potential domestic terrorists, unquote. The finding stands in contrast to FBI Director Christopher Wray's previous testimony that an FBI memo describing traditional Catholics as potential domestic terrorists was only utilized at one location in Richmond. Breitbart reports, China confirms troop operations near Alaska. This is a concerning story. The People's Liberation Army of China confirmed it has been conducting joint patrols with Russia near the Alaskan coast and promised that the provocative activity will only intensify, adding that the U.S. was hypocritical to complain because it insists on comparable patrols in the South China Sea. And Catholic News Agency reports Massachusetts wrongly rejected a Catholic foster parent application, a lawsuit charges. Massachusetts foster care authorities wrongly denied a Catholic couple approval to become foster parents because they hold to the Catholic teachings on marriage, sex, and gender. The process to adopt includes 30 hours of training, lengthy interviews, and an assessment of their home, health, and family life. However, the Burks, they say that they were troubled that many of their home interview questions focused on their Catholic views about sexual orientation and gender dysphoria. Those were all of your breaking news and stories for now. Keep it dialed on Catholic Drive Time for more. Back to you, Adrian. Now, the Gospel of the Day is from the Gospel of John. You're like, what? We're not in Matthew anymore? Yep, we have moved over to John chapter 12, verses 24 through 26. Now, the verse 24 here says, Amen, amen, I say to you, unless the grain of wheat falling into the ground die, and verse 25, itself remaineth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose, and he that hateth his life in this world keepeth it un- it's unto life eternal. Now, here's the primary meaning. The primary meaning of this passage is the fact that our Lord is the grain of wheat. Now, this is important to keep in mind. Why? Because we can think about a seed. Think about seeds. If a seed goes to the ground, and I mean, I am not a gardener by any stretch of the imagination, but this is just, you know, basic information. A seed goes to the ground, and the seed, in a sense, dies because you will see the seed get destroyed because it comes, something comes out of it. And it's only if the seed is destroyed than which something larger and something greater can come from it. And so the primary meaning is that our Lord is that grain of wheat that falls to the ground and dies and becomes something greater. 
is glorified in his resurrection. But the secondary meaning refers to the martyrs of the church. In fact, Cornelius Alapidae, when commenting on this, because what is today the Feast of St. Lawrence, right? He says, the church reads this passage on the Feast of St. Lawrence and other martyrs. So he very much references very specifically St. Lawrence. And he cites Tertullian in saying, and this is a beautiful, beautiful passage, and I want to read it in full just because of how amazing it is, the way it's written here. And many people have heard this already. The blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. Now, people have heard this, but they haven't heard the whole quote. So he goes on from there. The blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. Torture us, rack us, condemn us, crush us. Your iniquity is the proof of our innocence. The more exquisite your cruelty, the more does it attract to our sect. We increase in number the oftener you mow us down. Now, St. Gregory, commenting on this exact same thing, talks about St. Hermengild, who was killed by his father, Leovigild, and an Arian king, and thus won the king himself and his brother, Rakerd, and the whole nation of the Visigoths to the Orthodox faith. One then, says St. Gregory, died in that nation that many might live. And while one grain fell to the ground in faith, to win the faith of souls, an abundant harvest sprang up. So this is the secondary meaning. The primary meaning is our Lord's death and resurrection. The secondary meaning is the martyrs, and that could be you and I. For a prophet is not welcome in his own home, but it seems as though when a prophet is killed in his own home, he brings forth great fruit in his hometown, and it brings about great conversion. Now, lastly, it says here, if any man loveth his life, he shall lose it. Any man hateth his life in this world, keep it unto everlasting life. In verse 26, if any man ministers to me, let him follow me and where I am. There also shall be my ministers. And if any minister to me, him will my father honor. So what does this tell us? One, Cornelius Lapide says that primarily this is our martyrs, our anchorites, our religious and other holy people. But also, if we love life too much, if we want to suck the marrow of life, if we want to have pleasure in this life, if we have a horror for suffering, then we will lose our lives and not just lose it in death as all of us are called to die. It is set for every man wants to die and then judgment, but we will die the second death, the eternal death of hell. But if we hateth our life, if we chastise our body and say, no, I want to die. I want to fall to the earth and die. And I want to be like that grain of wheat. And I want to bring souls to the kingdom of heaven. Then you will keep your life unto everlasting. Hey, Donnie, what are the four Gospels in the New Testament? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And who baptized Jesus? St. John the Baptist. As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. What is a fanatic? Well, have you ever heard someone defending animal rights as if they have completely forgotten about human rights? G.K. Chesterton says that is a perfect example of a fanatic. Someone with a sense of a particular truth that is too strong for his sense of the universal truth. He will invoke even cruelty to prevent cruelty to animals. 
Later, he may even invoke cruelty to animals to prevent cruelty to pit ponies. It is not merely that he has kept one thing and lost a thousand things. He has lost the basis even of the one thing. For a man cannot long remain right without a reason. We must accept all the universal truths so that we don't go off balance with one particular truth. And where do we find the perfect balance of all universal truths? In the Catholic Church. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org. And we are back. Welcome to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. It's so good to be on with you today. Praise be to God. And I have some good news stories I want to share with you. I know. I know you're thinking, what? Good. I'm tuning now. I didn't tune in here to get some good news. If I, I want to be scandalized. If I wanted good news, I'd be listening to the Holy Mass. Um, but no, we're going to talk some good news. Well, here's the trick, though. Here's the trick. In order to talk about good news, you have to talk about bad news. It's just, it's just required. <laughs> it's required, right? Because like, if you're going to say, oh, yeah, uh, good news, Christ saved us. You're like, oh, that's cool. Saved us from what? It's like, oh, well, yeah, that's, that's the bad part. You are condemned to hell and you're born in original sin. Mm. Um, yeah, oh. yeah. Whoops. So well. that's kind of the trick there is you always got to have bad news in order to know the good news. And the good news, it becomes so much better. So Tim Cast News reports DeSantis suspends Florida State Attorney for neglect of duty and incompetence, including light charges for pedophiles. Now, obviously, the bad news here is that there was a attorney general that it was uh, giving light charges on pedophiles, which, I mean, if anybody deserves a very harsh treatment, I would argue pedophiles would probably be very high up on that list. I don't know what I would put higher than that. I, th- that's uh, Honestly, I think that's probably the worst. I think, yeah, I think, I think that's, that's probably the worst. The worst I was like trying to think of, like, okay, what would be worse? And I literally can't think of anything. So they definitely should be thrown in the clinker. Um, probably getting um, that old DP, if you know what I'm saying. Um, so this is very concerning that this was happening in the state of Florida. But what the DeSantis did is actually very positive. So he gets rid of this person and he says, okay, well, you're not enforcing the law. You're not doing what your job is. Therefore, we're getting rid of you. And this is exactly what we want people to use in the executive branch. If you have power, if you're legitimately duly elected and you have the executive order, you have executive power, well, you get rid of these people, all of these states. And this is, a, this is true of Texas. I mean, this is true of every state. And this is my biggest critique of, um, of Greg Abbott is that he'll put out really good laws, but then different people in the state will simply ignore his laws. And he's like, well, what can I do? And I'm like, dude, you're the executive. Do some executiving. If someone's not doing their job, fire them. Get rid of them. And so this is what DeSantis did. And people are like, oh, he's a tyrant. Oh, no. But he says, quote, it is my duty as governor to ensure the laws enacted by our duly elected legislator are followed. The people of Central Florida deserve to have a state attorney who will seek justice in accordance with the law instead of allowing violent criminals to roam the streets and find new victims. End quote. This is exactly the right mentality. It's exactly right. And if you have a governor who says it's, says a lot of the right things, who does a lot of good things, and they refuse to enforce their good things, well, that's something 
that we should definitely uh, want to hold their feet to the fire, if you know what I mean. <laughs> well, um, what if they give you the St. Lawrence treatment? <laughs> <laughs> not, not that feet to the fire. I'm not, I am not encouraging burning your governor. <laughs> Great. It's over for me now. Uh, there you go, folks. All right. So that, that's, the, that's the first uh, good, good news story. And, but um, I think that's good. I think it's very good to see. We need to see more of it. Um, but it's a good to see that there's an example out there. Uh, DeSantis has uh, been doing a lot of good things in Florida. So uh, hopefully that encourages other um, governors in other states who are in the similar mindset to have a little bit more courage. It takes, it takes a lot to be the first person to stand up and do something. It's much, much easier when you're the second, third, fourth, fifth. Um, so I'm glad that he's leading the way there. Now, Here's the second good news story. Lay it on me. All right. You know, um, do you know the, the pop singer Neo? Neo? Yeah. Mm, yeah. No. He's, um, he's one of his famous songs is um, Miss Independent. Um, I would sing it to, for you, but I actually don't know the song. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other one is, um, I think he sings the one. It's like, uh, I'm so sick of love songs, so tired of tears. Um, oh, I know that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so sick of love. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, let that me stop one. singing, otherwise we get a copyright strike. Well, trust me. I sound like him. No one's going to give us a copyright strike from you <laughs> <laughs> So uh, Neo doubles down on opposition to gender ideology. Hmm. So this is great because he's a major pop singer, and I don't know how popular he is anymore. Um, I don't I don't, honestly, I don't listen to music. But... but, <laughs> but he was a very uh, major pop singer, and he actually came out against gender ideology. And I didn't report on this before. Why? Because when any time a celebrity says anything good, it gets walked back within like 24 hours. And? And it did get walked back within 24 <laughs> hours. And so that's the bad news. So the bad news is he, uh, it, got, it got walked back, but then it got walked back. The walk back got walked back. So he came out and was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Reverse my Uno card. My publicist came out and he walked back what I said. And I'm here to tell you that, no, I'm going to tell you with my own voice. This is what I believe. Oh, so his publicist went above and beyond and yeah. said, whoa, I, I, need to, I need to keep my job here. Otherwise, Neo's going to be irrevel- irrelevant. Let me just walk it back. And he said, wait a minute. He's like, no, no, no. That's not wow. me. That's not me. That was my publicist who said that. I, I, believe, I, I believe what I said. And what did he say? He said that he doesn't think that five-year-olds should be transitioned. Hmm. How radical. What a novel idea. I, I, crazy, right? And so it's so funny. He was like, so does that mean, if that means that Neo has to uh, go into obscurity, so be it. And I was like, man, that's so good. That's so good. Uh, seeing somebody who's in the public sphere actually having... The courage to say something. I was going to play the clip of him saying it, but he, he kind of drops a couple of words that I don't want to play, mm. uh, which is unfortunate because it's kind of cool to hear him say it personally, to hear his voice. But I'll read to you what he said. He said, I normally don't give too much of a blank about what y'all think about what I do. However, this is something that I feel very strongly on. And I need y'all to hear this from the horse's mouth, not the publicist's computer. He goes on. And he says, first and foremost, I did not apologize for having an opinion on this matter. I'm a 43-year-old heterosexual man raising five boys and two girls, okay? That's my reality. Now, if my opinion offended somebody, yeah, sure, I apologize for you being offended because that wasn't my intention. My intention is never to offend anybody. However, I'm entitled to feel how I feel. 
I'm a, I'm absolutely entitled to feel how I feel, the same way you're entitled to feel how you feel. I was asked a question. I answered the question, okay? And I'm censoring a couple other things he said there. However, someone asked my opinion on this matter, and this is how I feel. I'll never be okay with allowing a child to make a decision that will be detrimental to their life. I will never be okay with that. He said, parents have almost forgotten what the role of a parent is. If your little boy comes to you and says, daddy, I want to be a girl. (laughs) If your son comes to you and says, daddy, I want to be a girl. Ask your son, son, what is a girl? And I thought that was very interesting. That's almost a, a Matt Walsh question right there. He says, I just personally come from an era where a man was a man and a woman was a woman. And there was two genders and that's just how I rocked. You can identify as a goldfish if you feel like it. I don't care. It ain't my business. It becomes my business when you try to make me play the game with you. I'm not calling you a goldfish. We live in a weird time, man. Uh, that's his uh, quote. And I think that is excellent position that Neo has. So praise be to God for that. And I'm glad that he refused to back down, even amidst... It would have been easy for him to say nothing. The publicist already got ahead of the story. Mm-hmm. And he could have just been like, oh, well, well, I said my piece. My publicist got involved. Whatever. And he says, if I get canceled for this, then you know what? Maybe this is a world where they don't need a Neo no more, all right? Mm. And I ain't got no problem with that. I'm a hustler, all right? I'll figure it out. I got kids to raise, and I'm going to do that. Wow. Hustler mentality right there. I'm sensing a thread, too, in all of these stories. It's people taking a principled stance and mm. going with it mm. and facing the consequences. Because that's, I mean, honestly, if we all did this every single day of our life, how much influence would we really have in the people around us? Like saying, no, I'm not going to do this, even though this is the way that we're trending. I'm not going to do this. We're going to go this way instead. People are going to be like, oh, well, maybe my position isn't so strong. Maybe my position isn't so set in stone. You know, that's something that, I mean, it's always difficult to talk about because, I mean, we're blessed to be in a situation where uh, we're not going to get fired for saying very normal things like men are men and women are women. Mm -hmm. Um, The GRN's not going to fire us for that. That's the the beauty of Catholic radio. That's the beauty of Catholic radio. Uh, But at the same time, you know, it's like you are in a uh, situation. If someone's in a situation at their job, where they have to lie, basically. They're, you're being told you have to lie. Or keep quiet. Or keep quiet. It's like, what do you do? And the common conservative response to this is like, well, you know, you got to take care of your family, so you do what's best for your family. But, you know, I think that's just how we lose. If everyone, if no one's willing to be a martyr, and, and we're talking not red martyrdom, but, but, but what? White martyrdom, right? To, to go out there and suffer and maybe even lose their job. And yeah, I mean, it's uh, people say, Adrian, that's easy for you to say. I mean, yeah, you're right. It is easy for me to say. I'm in a situation where it's that's not the case for me. And it's like, go, Adrian, you don't have kids to feed. You don't have mouths to feed. I, I get it. And, and I'm very sympathetic. But what, what would the saints do? What would the martyrs do? Would the martyrs say, mm, you know what? I got to feed my family, so I'm going to lie. I got to feed my family, so I'm going to give in to the LGBT ideology. Or would they say, God will provide for my family. I'm going to stand up for what is right. And yeah, easier said than done. Easier said than done, but I don't see how we can win unless people do it. And if everybody who believed the truth did this, they can't fire everybody. I mean, that's what the left does. The left will go into situations and they'll be like, oh, well, I'm I'm going to die on this hill. And they will convinced 
their community, their people to change their policies over one person. We could do the same thing. We just have to have the courage to do it. The reason why they do it is because they're all single um, and they, none of them have jobs. They all work in low-income jobs and they're like trying to influence it. And that's their primary goal in life. So it's easier for them. But it's something that we can do as well. And that leads us to the final good story. The final good story here. Investors sue Target over disastrous 2023 Pride campaign after company loses billions in market value. So that's good. What does that tell us? Our decisions have consequences. Our shopping decisions have consequences. Our protests have consequences. And I would say this is a sign of double down. Don't go to Target. And two, ultimately the only way that we solve these problems is to hit them where it hurts, and that's the pocketbook. Stop shopping at these places. Don't support them. And sue them if you can. I, I'm very sue-averse because I just hate the mentality of like, oh, we should always sue people. But these people, if you are damaged by these people, don't let them get away with it. Don't let them get away with it. I, I love how the TFP, whenever they get assaulted, even if it's something like small, like they get pushed, they, they go press charges. And they're like, oh, we're going to press charges against this person. Because, no, you can't get away with this. We're not going to let you get away with trying to destroy our country even if it's a small thing, we got to start with the small things and we got to go all the way to the top. And if you're someone who suffered from gender dysphoria and they chopped up your body, we, you, hopefully you get a good payday out of it, if nothing else. Sue those doctors to oblivion. Sue those hospitals to oblivion. The only thing they can understand is to crush their pocketbook. That's about it. This is not legal advice, by the way. <laughs> Britt Haynes is coming. No, <laughs> when we come back, Fonzie is going to be talking about World Youth Day. Uh, a lot of interesting things happened over there. We'll be right back with more right after this. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Do you really believe in a secret catching away of the church called the rapture? The pages of your Bible are empty of that type of talk. So here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, solid biblical doctrine is time-tested. This rapture idea got its wheels rolling by John Darby in about 1830. I mean, have you heard of a third coming? You know you haven't. Secondly, God's nature. There's no reasonable premise in Scripture, let alone in moral reasoning, for the results of a rapture scenario such as this. A Christian pilot is yanked, raptured, out of his jet, while scores of the remaining passengers who are not Christians violently crash to their death. Meanwhile, said pilot is basking in the presence of God. This is absurd, and believe me, this is preached day in and day out. Thirdly, bad fruit. The preacher at your church says, Tonight, don't you be left in that pew alone while that person next to you gets raptured straight up into heaven. That, my friend, is folly with no foundation. I don't know why I turned on my radio because I've kept my radio off for years. And once I turned it on, I was absolutely hooked. I love the shows with a Catholic apologist. I love the shows with the sort of day-to-day psychologist, Greg and Lisa Popchek. I love hearing not just of other people's problems who call in, but I love getting the Catholic take on how to deal with day-to-day reality. The Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm Rudy Carlos, and here are more breaking news and headlines. Reuters reports Southwest will appeal judges' ruling requiring religious liberty training. The airline in a statement confirmed that it would file an appeal one day after U.S. District Judge Brantley Starr said that the lawyers had undermined his ruling in a religious bias case by Southwest flight attendant Charlene Carter. 
Starr said that instead of notifying employees of their rights against religious discrimination, as he had ordered Southwest, Southwest to do, the lawyers penned a memo warning workers not to violate the company's policy that had led it to fire Carter. Carter says she was fired for criticizing her union's decision to participate in the 2017 Women's March because Planned Parenthood was a sponsor. Carter said she is a Christian who opposed abortion. The Daily Wire reports investor sues Target over disastrous 2023 Pride campaign after the company loses billions in market value. The lawsuit accuses Target and its board of directors of betraying both Target's core customer base and working families and investors by making false and misleading statements concerning Target's environmental, social and governance, as well as diversity and equity and inclusion mandates that led its disastrous 2023 children and family themed LGBT pride campaign. The investor owns over 200 Target stores and said that the corporation's board of directors and management misled investors about risk management over social and political messaging. And the Catholic News Agency reports atomic bomb dropped on Nagasaki killed two-thirds of the city's Catholics 78 years ago. Surprising to me, it's only been 78 years since the bomb was dropped, but yesterday marked the anniversary of the second atomic bomb dropped by the United States on Japan, this time in Nagasaki, a city with a rich history of Christian martyrs from the 16th and 17th centuries. Since the 16th century, Nagasaki has been an important center of Catholicism in Japan, initially evangelized by Jesuit and Franciscan missionaries. On June 15, 1891, the Diocese of Nagasaki was canonically established, with a, which in 1927 welcomed Bishop January's Hayasaka as pastor, who was the first Japanese bishop and was personally consecrated by Pope Pius IX. In 1929, out of 94,000 Japanese Catholics, some 63,000 were from Nagasaki. That is to say, 16 years before the atomic bomb, a little more than 63,000 faithful lived in Nagasaki. May they rest in peace. Those are all of your headlines this morning. May God bless all of your holy efforts today. You know what's crazy, Rudy? The When I went to Japan, I went to Japan. Oh, you've been there. Yeah, yeah. I was in Japan maybe... Uh, it's been a while now. I'm old now. Six years ago? Seven years ago? Oh, wow. my goodness. Yeah, time flies, huh? Dude, yeah. I'm old now. What on earth? So you went to Nagasaki? So I didn't go to Nagasaki, oh, okay. but I went to uh, I went to Tokyo. I went to a couple other villages. I went to, um, with a meltdown, having Fukushima. Mm. Um, and it's so sad. The Catholic faith in Japan is just dead. Mm. And, it was, and it, was blue, it was blooming before we dropped the bombs. And we wiped out. The majority of the Catholics, all the missionaries were in the Nagasaki area, and we wiped them all out. It's crazy. It's very crazy. I know there's a lot of conspiracy theories about, like, really they were trying to wipe out the Catholics. I don't think it's necessarily true, but it is very yeah. suspect, though. This article, it, it, was a, it was an interesting article. I recommend our, our, our dear listeners to, to check it out on Catholic News Agency because the bishop is reflecting on this act, and he was thinking, well, why exactly was Nagasaki yeah. picked— when we know that most of the Christians live there, mm -hmm. most of the Catholics were there. Why? Why that city? Yeah, you think you would go after people who were more. If you were going to target anyone, the people who were uh, of the Shinto religion, the one yeah. who were all worshiping the king that mm -hmm. was following the king into battle to the death. Right. Whereas the people in Nagasaki were actually we actually have something in common with something them. in common. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> right. So I don't know. Um, worthy of conversation, maybe future conversation. Actually. Yeah. Before we jump into our conversation with um, with Fonzie here, I wanted to uh, mention, I just remembered because someone commented, it's 110 degrees in Dallas today. Um, I'll actually be in Dallas in about 
two weeks. And so if you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, let me know. I would love to uh, come meet up with you. Uh, maybe we'll grab dinner. Maybe I'll host uh, something at the, uh, at the D- Dallas offices. Um, we can uh, have a little meet and greet. That might be fun. Uh, but let me know if you'd be interested. You can always find my email. Go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT. You can shoot me an email there. Email is listed there, grnonline.com forward slash CDT to get all of that information. And I'd love to be able to connect with you if you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. I'll be there in a, in a week or two. Um, I'm trying to think of the exact date. I should have pulled up the date. It's the 21st. I'll be there on the 21st, and I'll be there that week. All right, joining us right now is Fonzie, and you're going to have to help me uh, if I mispronounce your name, uh, Pedrosa? Yep, yep. There you go. There you go. Perfect. Uh, Fonzie Pedrosa, he's going to be talking about World Youth Day because he, you made, what, six videos on World Youth Day? Uh, I want to say it was like four or five. Four or yeah. five, yeah, yeah. There was a lot of videos out there, and you kind of uh, got a good overview of the, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of how I want to approach this topic. So I, I want to start with the good because, you know, sure. A lot of people, I, I know people personally who mm-hmm. tell me, like, oh, yeah, I went to World Youth Day, and it was really beneficial for me. I, this, I, I became serious in my faith. Right. Um, and so I want to start there. What did you learn about World Youth Day from talking to different people about the, the good aspects of it? I mean, overall, it, it you know, just the, the benefits from World Youth Day. It, it, one of the interviews, they, they mentioned, um, you know, just being around like-minded Catholics in the ter- in the terms of, uh, you know, we're all here together for our Lord. We're all here to for our, because of our faith. You know, although different people will go different places for different things, everyone was there together with one objective. We're mm-hmm. all Catholic. Let's encourage each other, right? And I feel like in today's world, that's needed. You know, especially in, in social media. You know, we all have our different opinions and whatnot, but, you know, let's first connect on the most important part. We are Catholic. We love our Lord. We love the Blessed Mother. Let's focus on that first, mm. you know? Yeah, yeah, and I think that's great, and I think the, the concept of World Youth Day is a great concept. I mean, you're inviting mm-hmm. the world's youth to right. come on a pilgrimage, to hear conferences from the bishops, yeah. and to participate in, the, in a liturgy with the Pope, like that sounds, on paper, like a really good idea, right? Right, right, yeah. Um, but then there's so many craziness that happens. So let's <laughs> let's get to let's let's skip the bad for a second. Let's go to the ugly for a second. Um, what is some of the things there that are just like yikes? I mean, one of the craziest stories that I've heard that happened at World Youth Day from from people that have personally gone is, and it always just. Oh, just gives me, you know, um, the very fact that people were distributing our Lord back to each other, mm. grabbing the host with their fingers, oh my turning back and like, hey, give it to the person behind you. <gasps> and they were just passing it back just to make sure that everyone felt, you know, connected, connected, that they, they were present, that they were there, you know, and it's kind of like. Oh man, I, I cringe just just thinking about it. You know, like wow. if I was there, I'd be like, mm, well, I don't know. At, at before where I am now, I don't know. I don't know if I would have been, you know, scandalized. Like, yeah, scandalized or been a, a participator of that. Well, you know, UK, you say that it's interesting because, I mean, that's true, right? Right? Because many people don't know better. Yeah. They they weren't they weren't told, 
And if someone would just tell them, so the, the fault really is more on the bishops and the priests there should know better. They have an obligation to know better. They're not, right. a, it's uh, the moral manual is used to say that a, a priest cannot claim ignorance in these matters because they have an obligation to be formed correctly. Mm. Uh, but the laity, I mean, if you're saying, like, hey, there's 300 bishops here in the Pope, so it can't be, this can't be wrong. Right. Um, so it's on them, I oh, think, yeah. more than anything else. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, they're, ultimately, they're our teachers, you know? And just like at school, if the teacher is doing something she's not supposed to or he's not supposed to, then we automatically associate, that's okay. You know, that's okay. And so if the bishops are doing it, if the Pope is doing it, you know, it must be okay. You know, uh, let's just pass our Lord around like yeah. he's a, you know, a cracker, like the I, Protestants do. You know, I think you'd understand it too. Like as a father, your kids watch you. And if your kids oh, yeah. see you Certainly. as the father, the leader of the house, just, you know, doing something, Certainly. automatically they think that's okay. Right. Whether it's something that you say or, or the things that you allow. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I think that that's something that we have to uh, keep in mind. But also there was the, um, did you hear about the, 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 the bowls that they used? Yeah, uh, I saw a picture, uh, Ikea bowls. The sticker was still on there. and <laughs> Yeah, it's just, it, um, there was a story I did come across on Instagram of, um, it, there was this makeshift tabernacle. I don't know if you, if you came yeah. across of it. Um, it was just this gray box-looking thing. and oh, uh, Like a crate. Yeah, just yeah. like a crate-looking and there was a girl that, that shared the picture. So there's a picture going around of this girl kneeling. She's in a skirt, and she's praying, you know, in front of the tabernacle, quote-unquote tabernacle. And she explains that she was walking by, sees the, the crate or the tabernacle, and she didn't even know it was our Lord until she was told. Whoa. And then she was infuriated. Just like, why would they do this to our Lord, came back and said, invited her friends, let's make repertory prayers. Wow. Because a lot of people were assuming that she was just this ignorant world youth, the youth, just being there, like mm. being okay with where our Lord was. Yeah. You know? When we come back, we're going to go to a quick break. I want to talk a little bit about the music. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Haven't you honestly wondered, why do all the different denominations break away from each other? Timeline, 1500s, Luther breaks from the Catholic Church. 16th century, John Knox is influenced by Calvin, breaks from Luther, thus the Presbyterians. 17th century, John Smith then breaks away and starts the Baptist. 18th century, Wesley breaks and starts the Methodist. Even crazier are all the scores of non-denominational individuals who break from each other, generally due to cosmic ego and, quote, a new revolution. Well, here's the three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, the Bible. Judges 21 says, quote, In those days there was no king in Israel. Every man did that which is right in his own eyes. Secondly, physics. Once the dam breaks, water goes where it will. Luther broke Canon Law 331, which says about the Pope, By virtue of his office, he possesses supreme, full, immediate, and universal ordinary power in the church. And thirdly, my take. Gifted theologians can be just like my fourth grade friend who said, I'm taking my bat and ball and going home. 
Hey, Donnie, who was the first pope to whom Jesus said, you are the rock upon which I will build my church? St. Peter. And who is the current pope? Pope Francis. As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on. Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time Show. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. Good morning to you. Praise be to God. Joining us right now is Fonzi Pedrosa. We're talking about World Youth Day. He's been keeping up to date with everything going on World Youth Day. In fact, he's interviewed like maybe five people on their trips to World Youth Day in like an hour-long conversations. Um, Really great. I recommend going looking those up. But, you know, it was um, we were talking about the issue with the quote-unquote tabernacle there was a meme going around they're like hey guys tabernacles for sale at lowe's and it is a oh, <laughs> and it was a it's kind of bad to laugh but yeah. <laughs> but it was a it was a, it was a crate and it was like ten dollars and it was like oh, oh that's man. rough gold lines um and people were all there's many many priests that were justifying like oh what are we supposed to do it's like i don't know Get a golden tabernacle, mm-hmm. like something, yeah. something for for the king of the universe, maybe. Oh, yeah. mm, you know, no, no bueno, no bueno. Adrian and Fonzie, you know, like when I was really involved at my parish, this was back in 2015, right? I was mm. in this parish. I was discerning a, a vocation. Oh, wow. And um, I got involved in all of these different ministries, particularly one of them was sacristan. And, and mm. for those who don't know, the sacristan is the person in charge of the sacred vessels. And I didn't know at the time I wasn't supposed to touch them because oh, you know, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not ordained. That's how it used to be. But one of the big reasons that I left that church was because I brought to the attention of the pastor that these chalices were in real serious need of repair. Mm. The gold was completely gone. Oh, they were wow. tarnished. And I was telling him, you know, from from a sense of uh, the census fidelium that I was coming into, mm-hmm. that our Lord deserved to be in in something that is fitting for him. Yeah, yeah. You something know, more worthy. Yeah. There's something worthy of him. And I brought it up to the the pastor, and he said, "Yeah, you know, that's not really my that's not really my focus right now. My focus is to have a really good choir. My focus is to really have a great experience for those who come into the church." And that I think was the final straw for me to leave. Ooh, wow. And it just reminds me of this this crate here because, you know, one of the other things that I found in this parish was in the safe, there was a Luna with our Lord. In a safe? In a safe. Oh, and it had wow. been there for okay. years since Whoa. the previous pastor. It was it's just heartbreaking. This is yeah. the kind of thing that is happening uh, at a place like World Youth Day where you expect it to be uh, something amazing, something mm-hmm. that people can connect with. But there's still sacrileges that are happening there. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Now, I, I wanted to bring up the topic of um, music mm-hmm. because um, I would let you share your your background in music. Um, go ahead and uh, and like, so for people to understand, like, okay, like you're not some kind of like this crazy uh, rad trad who hates all music. No, that's me. <laughs> yeah. I hate all. I'm the I'm the crazy rad trad that hates all the music. Uh, but that's not Fonty though. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, it, it's a uh, it, it's pretty funny to get the you know. Um, people's reactions to finding out, you know, I go to Latin Mass and, and you know, and this and that, and then, oh, yeah, you know, I, I'm a hip-hop producer. And they're like, uh, they, I get one or two reactions. 
it's either whoa or it's either whoa <laughs> you know and um yeah they either embrace it or they either walk away you know i think if, if you and i met adrian at one point and you didn't know me outside of the music you probably would have been like all right bye <laughs> <You know? laughs> that's know? probably true <laughs> but uh you know it, and so i mean yeah i've been doing uh I've been producing music since 2005, um, you know, growing up in the culture of, of hip-hop, you know, and, uh, you know, running the streets. And, you know, we, we were talking with Rudy beforehand, you know, growing up in California, it, it, you know, just like in New York and California, there's a huge hip-hop culture, you know. But along with that comes with the lifestyle, you know, and the lifestyle that, that the secular music promotes, right? But around uh, when I when it was around 17 years old was when I was, when I had like, you know, this coming to my converge or reversion uh, to the faith, you know, I took it serious, and, but I still wanted to do music because music is such a passion in my life. And so I, I, I said, you know what, I'm going to dedicate and consecrate myself to our lady and my music, you know, just take it all. And so since then, uh, you know, I've been creating music, to present the faith in hip hop form, you know, and everything that 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 the music that I you know uh, release is all just topics on the faith, you know. But from a personal perspective of mine, from you know experience, everything from feeling bad for sinning a hundred times, you know, going to confession a hundred times for the same sin, et cetera, et cetera, you know. But then also you know growing from that to you know recent releases to you know, losing my son, my wife was 16 and a half weeks pregnant, you know, we lost our baby boy, you know, to stuff like that, you know, and, you know, and just getting feedback from people that, that uh, over the years, we get emails and they've told us, you know, hey, your music encouraged me to join the seminary, your music encouraged me to persevere in my vocation to become a nun, you know, wow. and, you know, yeah, and we get emails all the time where we feel like every time we feel like to giving up we get we get an email we get a comment we get you know a, a direct message your music encouraged me to join the church you know your music mm -hmm. encouraged me to persevere you know to to discern the priesthood where you can know, people find like your that. music at uh we're everywhere apple music uh where they look spotify. up spotify so the the group that i'm part of is uh, called found nation one word Found nation. Mm, found and, nation. And so, yeah, and the name comes from basically we lived in a lost nation, but we were found by our Lord and our Lady. And so now we're a found nation and trying to find others who are lost. Mm -hmm. You know, because when the world, when you live in the world and you live so, uh, you know, immersed in it, you're lost, you mm -hmm. know, because you're not living with our Lord, you're not living a life of grace, a life of, uh, in the sacraments, you're basically lost, you know, you're dead. Yeah. You know, and but when you know you come back, you go to confession, you go to you go to the sacraments, you find the life of grace, uh, you know, and our Lord, and you're found. You know, you're found in our Lord, you're found in Our Lady, and as long as you remain close to them, you know, and, and I always re reference that. We always reference that. You know, the Saint John Bosco's dream, the two pillars. Mm -hmm. You know, the Eucharist and Our Lady. Mm. You know, and so. Now, that being said, you know, coming from that, that sort of musical background, and it's, it might be surprising to some people to, to realize that that actually does help bring people into the church. Oh, yeah. 
Um, you must have heard also of this DJ priest that that was at World Youth Day. Right? I did. Yeah. And people are making this really huge thing about it. Yeah. Well, what do you What do you think about that situation? Do you think that the criticisms are fair? I mean, honestly, I, I do remember seeing this video of him, and he's. I get. I think it's a music video, and you've got people wearing, you know, these devil horns, and this guy, shirtless guy, doing fire tricks. But then he's in his full blown collar at the at the booth, you know, and it's kind of like, it's the same thing. You mm -hmm. kind of with with uh, the mass and and the the crate tabernacle and these IKEA bowl ciboriums holding the the body of our Lord. People see that and they think that it's okay, you know. And that was one of our things when we started, you know, making music. Um, we were like, we're not here to try and push and promote rap and hip-hop into the liturgy. Like, mm. that's a huge no-no. The liturgy is not to be touched, right? Um, and so, again, the perspective that people are seeing, oh, this priest is okay, you know, being in, you know around all these people, and they can try and justify it as you want. Oh, I'm here to, you know, to preach to these people that are lost in the world and they're all dressed like devils and whatever. No, no. The imagery goes a long way, you mm -hmm. know, it, it just makes it all look okay, you know, and it's not. Yeah, and, you know, I personally, like, um, I'm, like I said, I'm the rat trap in the room, and I, <laughs> I'm very, I'm very anti, um, basically, basically 99% of music, <laughs> and the, uh, but... I, I think I can, that anybody should be able to appreciate what you're saying here and say that, I, okay, well, yeah, if you are okay with the music, then... Yeah, it, that's the music for your enjoyment, mm -hmm, the music mm -hmm. for your edification, mm -hmm. um, but not music for the liturgy. You're not creating no. liturgical music, and it's very clear that it's not liturgical music. Mm -hmm. And so whenever people say, okay, hey, Fonzie, you know, I, I, I really would love to have this music in the Mass. Like, mm -hmm. I like your song. Can you, can you come perform it at, at the church at Mass? Uh, what would you, how would you respond to that? Oh, uh, we've been asked before. Oh, really? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. So our automatic answer is no. You know, we, we've had priests before approach us. Oh, can, can you rap during my homily? And I'm like, uh, no, that's not what we're here for. You know, we're here to listen to the word of God and to listen to what you have to say in regards to that. You know, I mean, we can do it after mass, maybe in at the, uh, you know, at the parish hall or something. But no, not during mass. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's really the the that's a good that's a good response to that kind of situation, and it really sets the reality of the mass in focus, especially whenever you're able to say no mm -hmm. and be like, hey, yeah, I mean, this is an opportunity to be to get your name out there to have a this this uh, kind of recognition, right? And you and to deny it, yeah. for something that is a uh, greater. Yeah, it, it it it's also a conversation starter for those you know. It's like, well, why isn't it okay? Yeah, you know, well, you know, kind of like, well, let me get you. You know, you got some time? Like, <laughs> okay, let's talk. You know, this is why it's not okay. You know, and so, I mean, yeah, it's over the years we've had so many different conversations with different people. You know, we've met bishops, we've met you know cardinals and and, and different priests and nuns that you know, have approached us and, you know, oh, your music is amazing, you know, but then we get asked, you know, can you, can you rap at our mass? And I'm like, that's not what the mass is for, you mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, it's encouraging to get all these different messages, you know, um, 
I mean, we get invited to perform, but also to give talks. And last time I was invited uh, in Dallas, I taught the kids to pray the rosary in Latin. Mm. You know, and I told them, like, well, now you can go home and tell your parents, like, oh, I prayed the rosary in Latin today, mom, you know. <laughs> and, and then, you know, probably get some calls like, why, why, you know. <laughs> That's funny. But, uh, okay, well, we're running out of time here. And last thing I wanted to ask you was about the, the miracle, the alleged miracle that happened at World Youth Day this year. What, can you tell me about that? I mean, I just, I just saw the headline. I didn't get a chance to read the, what exactly happened, but it's everywhere. I mean, uh, American Magazine, that you know, that's run by... You know, I won't say his name. The but, father, uh, Jimmy Martin. Yeah, Brown. yeah. And so, uh, <laughs> you know, Lifeside News and all that, they're, they're, you know, reporting on it that this this young girl who was born blind, you know, after Holy Communion received her sight, you know. and But the, the interesting thing to me, and I'm assuming, like I said, I didn't read the, the article, but I'm assuming it happened at Fatima. You know, it didn't happen in Lisbon at World Youth Day, you know. Like, and, and that to me says a lot because, you know, naturally Our Lady would do that, you know, but that, that it happened at World Youth Day so people can co, you know, kind of like. They can co-opt that and say, see, yeah, World Youth Day is good. World Youth Day is good. You know, yeah. it produces miracles, you know, mm -hmm. it's like, uh, you know, I don't know. Yeah, it's yeah. Fair point. That's how I feel about a lot of these uh, alleged apparitions that I'm like, probably not real apparitions, but people report healings. I'm like, well, Our Lady is still going to, like, all these people are going and asking mm -hmm. Our Lady for prayers and intercessions and miracles. Our Lady's going to, she's a good mother. Yeah. Of course, even if it's a fake apparition, she still might heal oh, people yeah. who are devout in their faith. We're going to go to a quick break. When we come back, we're going to be talking to Alan Smith with Bishop Sheen today, talking about vocations and talking about the canonization of Fulton Sheen when we come back. We'll be right back. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Is the Bible sufficient to answer all questions about Christian living and church life? Well, the answer is definitively no. There isn't agreement on scores of doctrinal issues, such as the effects of baptism, who can receive communion, once saved, always saved, abortion, or how about eligibility for marriage after divorce? So here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, fruit analysis. Luther, Calvin, and Zwingli, who are the fathers of non-Catholic Christianity, did not rid the unbiblical practices they despised, but instead turned out to be the progenitors of some 50 denominations and scores of divergent beliefs. Secondly, natural reason. Well, if the Bible alone is supposed to clarify all beliefs, the very fact that such division prevails is actually proof that an arbiter of doctrine is desperately needed. And thirdly, the golden twins. Sacred scripture and sacred tradition will always prevail as the foundation of all Christian truth, doctrines, and beliefs. Remember, identical twins come from one egg. I actually was gone from the Catholic Church for 35 years. I want to get to heaven. I don't know if I will. I mean, I worry about it. But I not only want to get to heaven at the moment of my death, I want to find as much heaven as possible here on earth. So I need help 
I don't know why I turned on my radio because I've kept my radio off for years. And once I turned it on, I was absolutely hooked. The Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Celebrating the culture of life. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. I'm Amanda Smith, Assistant Principal at St. Elizabeth Ann Seton Catholic School, and you're listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. There are some fun things going to happen in the after show. Foreshadowing? One, I have some major, major news about me leaving CDT, possibly. What? Well, I'll tell you in the after show. It's breaking news. Wow. It's a big deal. So I'll tell this you all is that. to me. Yeah. I'll tell you about it in the after show. And also in the after show, Fonzie's going to hang out with us. So you're going to have Fonzie back on. And we're going to chat a little bit about, um, a little bit more about this DJ priest. And not to mention, uh, Alan Smith always joins us in the after show as well. So it's going to be a fun after show. I cannot wait. Uh, so you're going to want to definitely hop on our social media streams, YouTube, Facebook, Rumble, Odyssey, Twitter, and make sure you comment down below because we're going to have a great time in the after show. Now, joining us right now, speaking of Alan Smith, is Alan Smith with Bishop Sheen today, um, where he's going to be, we're going to be talking about Bishop Sheen and his canonization. I also want to talk a little bit about vocations, uh, but uh, good morning to you, Mr. Alan Smith. Uh, good morning, Adrian. It's great to be with you today. Uh, the sun came up in Canada, where I live. Uh, it's a balmy 60 degrees, uh, but, um, Jealous. you know, I'm sure it'll degrees. warm up a bit more up here in Canada. But uh, great to always have this opportunity to talk about Bishop Sheen, current affairs, uh, all the good stuff going on. Because I think with Bishop Sheen, uh, we can plug in his uh, teachings to whatever we want to talk about. If it be about vocations, if it be about saints and blessed and the politics of the church, uh, Fulton Sheen wrote about it. It may be in the 40s or the 50s, but he did. So uh, it's nice to go through his notes and say, hey, that applies to this story today. So it's all good. So let's start with the topic of the canonization of Fulton Sheen. People are always asking, okay, so what's What's the status? What's the update? And so I was surprised whenever you said, hey, uh, let's talk about that. And I was thinking, oh, is there is there news? Uh, so tell me, Mr. Allen, um, what is the, the situation with uh, the canonization? Right. I always say to people, because I'm connected, <laughs> I always like to say, you know, people who know my journey know that I've been involved with Fulton Sheen's cause back in 2013, uh, the Bishop of Peoria asked me to sit on the board of directors. And so I've been witness to this roller coaster ride of, uh, you know, wrestling over his physical remains with the Diocese of New York, uh, the postponement of the cause a couple of times. And of course, this latest pause that happened in 2019 when uh, the Holy Father approved the miracle of the little boy that was dead for 61 minutes and miraculously came back to life. Uh, everyone was praying through the intercession of Fulton Sheen and uh, God answered those prayers. And so uh, with the miracle being approved, the last thing uh, to complete the um, the puzzle was 
the beatification mass and that was scheduled for december in 2019 and when the politicking happened of course when they brought up maybe just say well you know let's be a hundred percent sure on fulton sheen's uh, handling of cases when he was the bishop of rochester or his handling of um, affairs in New York. Uh, we, we just want a bit more time just to scrutinize things because we live in this uh, very sensitive climate. I like to say sensitive, you know, people are sensitive. And uh, for, of course, they agreed to say, okay, we'll just pause this. So I'd like to say, first of all, that the, the cause and the beatification mass was not, uh, you know, they didn't cancel the cause. They didn't say start all over again. They just said, give us some time. And so, of course, they went to the courts and uh, asked the, uh, I want to just say in the state of New York, uh, there is these things called statute of limitations where they gave everyone an opportunity to come forward uh, to report any, uh, you know, priest that had, you know, offended them or whatever. And um, that was a two-year process. Well, that time uh, has expired. And I think everybody's waiting for the uh, Solicitor General of the state of New York to give its report. And we know from people that have worked on the inside that Fulton Sheen's name was never mentioned in anything over the last two or three years. And it wasn't even mentioned even before because we took the time as the cause to scrutinize his work record in Rochester. In fact, um, again, we found that Fulton Sheen uh, in dealing with these abuse uh, victims and, uh, of course, the difficulty with priests in the Diocese of Rochester, some of them, he handled it in a textbook way. Fulton Sheen um, did it perfectly. He, There's a process that you follow uh, when you have to deal with a difficult priest, and he followed it to the letter of the law. So actually, he was very good in that regard. So uh, I like to say all the facts, the real facts, point towards there was never a problem. And yes, uh, there is this delay. Um, but we know that a new date will be sent. We've been meeting with the Vatican officials on a regular basis. We send delegations to Rome and we, you know, talk back and forth. And so they're anxious for us to, uh, of course, set a new date or set that, of course, go forward. But of course, we have to wait for this report to come from the Solicitor General of the New York State. And they seem to be taking their time. And we kind of wonder, are they taking their time on purpose or, or what's going on? And again, we're allowed to make these commentaries. Uh, but I'd like to say, it's still a good news story. You look at what Fulton Sheen did and the effect he had on millions. Uh, yes, we are impatient. Many of us are. But still, at the end of the day, uh, his stuff is just so true. And I think people who meet Fulton Sheen or have met Fulton Sheen, I'd say, um, sometimes we meet him when we watch him on television today, but uh, they met him said that, you know, he was a man of great sanctity. And uh, again, they knew that a saint was right in front of them. So uh, again, to answer your question in a short version, with the longer version there, uh, we anticipate a new date to be set in the near future. Um, again, where, um, where the venue will be and how big it'll be and how we'll do it, um, that will be announced, I guess, when they finally give us a date. But for now, I always just say, it's not despair. Don't have despair. Uh, know that I think we'll see this in our lifetime, if that makes any sense. Yeah, praise be to God. It's good to know because uh, I would love to go take a trip out to 
uh, Peoria and see the can the uh, beatification and attend the beatification mass. That would be such a blessing. I, for those who who don't know, I mean, whenever I was uh, with the Dominican friars when I was a novice, uh, my name that I took was actually uh, Fulton Marie uh, after Fulton Sheen. So I've always had a very much a devotion to Fulton Sheen for a, for a while, quite a while now. Now I want to talk a little bit about speaking of vocations as vocations and Fulton Sheen. There was this great article from one Peter five. Uh, written by, I think it was um, uh, Julian Kwasniewski. It was an excellent article about vocation, um, vocational course change, which has really struck home for me. I mean, my uh, I read this, and it, it very much impacted me personally. And I wanted to get Fulton Sheen's take on vocation. So, Alan, take it away. Right. Well, there is one book that I recommend um, everyone to read. Um, you maybe think they'll think it's only for priests, but the book, The Priest is Not His Own, uh, is a great uh, vocational book in the sense that it gives a roadmap of how we should live our lives. Um, you know, I think it's this idea that Fulton Sheen says in that book that um, it's almost like 80%, and he's speaking to the men at the time, they, they did a survey um, of, you know, 2,000 young men, and again, young men being 12, 13, 14, 15. And they asked them if they ever thought of becoming a priest. And you'd be surprised how how large that number is, how great that percentage is. Um, and again, it is a, a large percentage because I think in our heart of hearts, we know that we're wired for heaven. We know that we have this call. And people do say, yeah, I thought about being a priest when I was younger. Um, I thought of becoming a religious sister when I was younger. Uh, that's a natural and um, sentiment that people have. Sometimes we're embarrassed to say it. Um, oh, I don't want to tell anybody that I thought about becoming a priest. That that won't be cool. I, I thought becoming a religious sister. That's not cool. But yet in our heart of hearts, we have that interior call to holiness. And of course, where can we find holiness? I mean, the priesthood, you'll become a saint if you can become a good priest today. And of course, religious sister in this crazy world. But he said, first of all, know that that call is normal. Don't, don't be upset. Don't fight it. Don't, don't think I'm weird. No, no, it's, it's a good call. And so he encouraged that call. And of course, he provided us with a schedule, a program to just wait and listen to the Lord. Uh, of course, he promoted the Eucharistic Holy Hour to spend time. And I think when people are discerning vocation, um, they need a mentor. Well, who better to mentor you than the Blessed Virgin Mary and our Lord uh, visiting him in the tabernacle? And of course, Fulton Sheen spent hours and hours talking to our Blessed Lord and Our Lady in prayer. And I think this is one thing. Um, you know, when we say about fail to plan, plan to fail, well, there's a saying that says the priests that fail are usually the priests that didn't pray. And so uh, we need to pray. And so I begin with that um, first comment that we need to, of course, know that the call is normal. And second of all, that uh, what we do is we need to listen to the call and listen to our Lord. And he may say, I'm going to change things up. And I think in that article that you're mentioning uh, from uh, Julian is that... Um, expect change there can be can changes from time to time yeah yeah and it's really difficult uh, when people join religious life or, e or even people who are in relationships where they are convinced that they are going to be married one day and you see this kind of thing and then 
it doesn't work out and they, there's a split or if someone is joins a religious community and they're there and they're like, I, this is where I'm giving my life to. And then you leave. It's, it's a hammer blow. It's like getting stabbed in the heart and you're like, okay, well now, well now what? Like, this is where I placed uh, my hope, where I placed my, my faith, where I placed my, my love. And now, um, where where do I go? Uh, how did, would Fulton Sheen respond to someone who who asked that question? Yeah, I think um, you know when I think of the cross that uh, many uh, young men experience when they leave um, folk religious life, in the sense that they feel they're called to the priesthood, they enter seminary, and they spend one or two years in. A program, and I don't want to say program, but in you know the diocesan formation or other formation, and when they leave, they feel like they're carrying this um, sense of failure. Um, you know, people are going to look at me and say, "Oh, you didn't make it as a priest." Oh, sorry for you. And of course, it's the devil is a liar and a thief, and I think that's what Fulton Sheen reminds us. Remember, the devil is the accuser. He will accuse you. Ah, you are a failure. You were called to the priest, but you weren't good enough. Uh, you weren't holy enough. Ah, you loser, you. So always remember that the accuser is always there, always trying to rain on your parade, always trying to bring you down. And so, of course, he was mentioning that spiritual battle that you're in. Uh, no matter what vocation God calls you to, the devil is going to try to make your marriage difficult. He's going to try to make your religious vocation difficult, or even your call to the single life. Uh, the devil will continue to whisper in your ear, oh, you've made the wrong choice. You've made the wrong choice. And so, again, it's important to know that we have an adversary in Satan and that he, of course, wants to uh, rob us of our joy. Remember that he's a liar and a thief, and he mm -hmm. wants to rob us of our joy. Amen. Amen. Yeah, that's something that I, I constantly I constantly think about personally. I know whenever I uh, left the novitiate, it was a um, when I first came back, I didn't talk to anybody. I just hid basically away. It was uh, almost almost a, a shamed of having come back home. And it was uh, it was very difficult to try to uh, get back into normal life. And also um, normal life is so chaotic. It was very, very concerning. So it is definitely very interesting to see. Uh, but that's going to do it for this segment. Uh, thank you very much, Alan Smith. Check him out. Bishop Sheen Today. Bishop Sheen Today. Check it out. Uh, look up Bishop Sheen Today. Is it dot .com? Dot .com. Dot .com. Bishop Sheen Today dot .com. And head on to the after show with us because there's going to be a very lively conversation uh, with Alan Smith joining us in the after show. But now we're going to go into fear and trembling. You could be the winner. How do you do so? Call now, 877-757-9424. We want you to call in right now, 877-757-9424. Now is the time to call. So pick up that phone and dial 877 877- 757-9424. We're giving out prizes tomorrow, so you can call now one last time. That number, 877-757-9424. We'll be right back with Fear and Trembling right after this. 
Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. In your view, was the Virgin Mary simply an obedient woman who willingly gave biological and maternal matter to Jesus and therefore has been given undue adoration? So here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, the Bible. The Virgin Mary is in the first book of the Bible, the last book of the Bible, all through the Gospels and close to 15 other typologies throughout Scripture. Secondly, the Ark of the Covenant. It was the most revered object in the history of the children of Israel. Israel. That ark carried the presence of God. Well, goodness, the Virgin Mary did not just carry the presence of God. She carried God himself. Thirdly, something to think on. If God is a father, he is, and we are known as his children, we are, and the body of Christ are called brothers and sisters, they are. Wouldn't God provide a mother for his church? He did. So here's an idea. Ask a wartime veteran whose soldiers cry out for in a moment of fear. That's right, their mother. Mother Mary, pray for us. Ever feel like life's just too much? Maybe it's time for a change. God offers us relief and hope. So if you're feeling like you need more peace today, begin at catholicscomehome.com. I used to wonder if God really cared about me. Then I started praying and going to church. I realized that God in my life was the difference between occasionally being happy and finding lasting joy. If you're looking for something more, check out catholicscomehome.com. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. <laughs> the Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. That's the number to call to be part of the game show Fear and Trembling where we give out prizes and you could win. So make sure you hop on and you dial that number 877 877- Seven five seven nine four two four, and you may be asking, okay, well, what exactly am I dialing eight seven 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 five seven nine four two four four? Now that would be the fear and trembling game show where we give out prizes and you could win. I have here three Catholic trivia questions, and you may be asking yourself, well, I don't know any Catholic trivia. I don't know anything about this. Well, the good news is you don't need to know anything about. Catholic trivia in order to get the answers correct because I'm not going to ask you the questions. I'm going to ask Rudy the questions and Rudy's going to give me an answer and it's your job to tell me whether or not he is right or whether or not he is wrong. You'll have 15 seconds on the clock and every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Rudy, what could they win? Adrian, Father Lassance once said that pictures and Good, pure pictures, that's what he was talking about, are consolers of loneliness and a relief to the troubled mind. They're windows to the imprisoned heart. They're books, histories, and sermons that you can read without turning over the page or straining your eyes. Now, that being said, the prize pack this week is sponsored by Nicole Lanthier Art, and you can win a beautiful Catholic art print for your domestic church. Now, if you haven't taken this seriously, you know, in your house, dear listener, you really ought to have a place in your home that is going to help you reflect on the goodness of God, the good, the true, and the beautiful. And Nicole Lanthier is a wonderful artist. Make sure to check out her work at her Etsy page. And all of your all of your support helps put her five kids into a good Catholic school and puts groceries on her table. So if you'd like to support her works, your work, uh, again, supports her family. You can check out Etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash Nicole Lanthier art. 
or you could follow her on Instagram at Nicole Lanthier Art. Now, um, if you're uh, trying to figure out how to spell that, make sure to join us on our social media platforms. We're posting her information there, so you can visit her links through that. Make sure to, to join us on YouTube. I'll be posting that in just a few seconds from now. Well, there you go. So make sure you check that out. And you could win that prize. So how do you do so? You just pick up the phone and dial 877-757-9424. Uh, we always take the first caller. And I have good news for you because right now I'm looking over on my left. And the next person to pick up the phone and dial that number will, in fact, have a chance to be the winner. In fact, I guarantee they will be a winner because... I don't think we've ever had someone not win at least one answer correct. That's uh, right. So make sure you dial in 877-757-9424. And you don't even know, need to know the answers because even if you just guessed, there's a 50-50 chance of you getting the answer correct. That number 877-757-9424. And we're waiting there are on some your call. Interesting questions. That we're going to talk about today. Oh yeah, in fear and trembling. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, yesterday we had a couple callers come in right after the fact. If you weren't on the phone yesterday, call now. There you go. That number eight seven 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 five seven nine four two four. If we don't get a call in, well, you know what I'm going to do. We're going to ask Fonzie. I'm going to make Fonzie play the game. <laughs> if, if we don't get a uh, caller call in, uh, we're going to just uh, throw him into the fire. So we'll see how that goes. But we're going to be um, we're waiting for that caller. So we'll see what happens. We'll, I'm going to check in that right now. That number, um, 877-757-9424. Um, okay, well, there it goes. The phone line just lit up. I guess they don't want Fonzie to play the game because now <laughs> everybody just decided to call in right now. And um, it looks like we have somebody on the line. Um, is this is this my friend Bobby Murphy? Yeah, it is. I thought I'd help you out. Hey, there you go. Praise be to God. Good morning to you, Bobby. Uh, good morning, Adrian. Are you off to uh, school this morning? I am. Uh, I just uh, got out of the church. I uh, said prime with the priest this morning, the morning office prayer, and wow. now I'm on my way to work. Oh, there you go. Praise be to God. Stand up guy. Did you pray for us? Oh, of course. Uh, well, I prayed for Adrian. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank you, Bobby. I appreciate it. Well, I need all the prayers I can get. We're in his sphere of influence. So <laughs> I suppose uh, in some some strange way, we're going to receive some of the graces, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> we love to hear it. We love to hear it. Thank you very much, Bobby. I very much appreciate it. Well, Bobby, you're familiar with the game, and I am. I got to tell you, um, see, Bobby here, he's actually, he's actually pretty smart, so I'm thinking he's going to get all these questions correct though there is one question on here that's kind of tricky he may he may not get this one right so are you ready to play uh, Bobby? Oh, yeah no pressure i'll do my best all right uh two out of three of them i it's, it's a shoe and he's gonna get right one of them i don't know i don't know let's jump in question number one rudy okay i'm ready the question on the board is which bird and we know Rudy loves his birds. I love birds. Which bird in ecclesiastical art is often a symbol for Christ? That is easy, Adrian. And it's one of my favorite birds. It's got this beautiful call. Mm. It's called the wood thrush. The wood thrush. Yeah, and you might be wondering, well, why is that the bird that they, they use to represent Christ? Mm -hmm. Well, because it spends most of its time in the woods. And uh... where did where did the cross come from? 
from a tree. Came from wood. W- a wood. W- exactly. Wood. I'm seeing the association there. I'm, f- I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down, as the kids might say. Um, I don't know what kids say anymore. <laughs> I'm an old man. All right, Bobby. 15 seconds on the clock. The question on the board is, which bird in ecclesiastical art is often a symbol for Christ? Well, Rudy seems to think it's a wood thrusher. I don't even know what that is. Uh, but apparently, it's a uh, it's a nice bird that hangs out in the woods. I think I can hear it um, chirping right now. Uh, what say you, Bobby? Is he right or is he wrong? Oh, man. Well... I don't know what a wood thrush is, but I'm pretty sure um, that the bird that's the symbol for Christ is the pelican. Yeah, well, let's find out whether or not that is correct. We're going to check that on the way. And it is, in fact, correct. Uh, see, Bobby. I told you. I told you, Bobby. Untrickable, Bobby. Untrickable. Untrickable. <laughs> so very good, Bobby. That is a one for one. It's a 100% success rate so far. Um, the next question, though, might be the hardest question we've ever had in the history of Catholic Drive Time. So, uh, good luck. <laughs> good luck, my friend. Are you ready for question number two? Oh, absolutely. All right, let's do it. Question number two for you, Rudy. Witch. No, it's not about witches. No luchusas. Ooh. No brujas. Oh. No, 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 no. Speaking no. of birds. Uh, different kind of witch. Um, which Jesuit priest served in the U.S. Congress? Trick question. Okay. Because... Nobody, no religious, no priest is allowed to participate in politics like that. Oh, well, that is... Can't trick me. That is, in fact, a true statement. But is Mm. that the correct answer, though? We're going to find out. 15 seconds on the clock. Bobby, which Jesuit priest served in the U.S. Congress is the question. Rudy says that's a trick question. Priest can't be in political office. So, therefore, there's never been a Jesuit priest in U.S. Congress. What say you, Bobby? 15 seconds on the clock. Oh, I'm going to agree with Rudy 100% on this one. You're going to agree with Rudy. Are you sure you're going to agree with Rudy on that one? Oh, don't don't make me second guess. (laughs) (laughs) Final answer? Uh, yes, sir. All right. He's going to marry you with Rudy, so we're going to find that out. And it is not, in fact, correct. That? Yeah. Oh there was goodness. actually a Jesuit. Okay. His name was Patrick Drennan, Father Patrick Drennan. He was recalled by Pope John Paul II. He said, you can't be doing this kind of things. And this Jesuit priest was calling for the impeachment of President Richard Nixon. No but not way. because of Watergate, but because he bombed Cambodia. And he was also, like, prominently for abortion. Patrick or Robert? Uh, this was uh, this is actually uh, Robert. Yeah, Robert, Robert Drennan. Father Robert Drennan. Yeah. Society of Jesus. Isn't that wild? Yeah, it is insane. Wow. Yeah. So you learned something today. Yeah, he recently, he died, um, well, I guess not recently. He died in 1983. Or, no, no, he died really recently, 2007. Yeah, he died in 2007 at the age of 86. So pretty pretty wild story. I had no idea about this, so it's pretty wild. But don't worry. Um, this next question, I think you're going to get right. Are you ready for question number three? Oh yeah. All right. Uh, I actually, I, if he doesn't get this right, I'm gonna be. Um, I'm gonna have to talk to somebody. All right. Question for you, Rudy. When was Pope Saint Pius X canonized? My sacred. My my sacred. My, my second patron. <laughs> <laughs> I mixed those words together. My second patron, Saint Pope Pius X, who said that uh, he wanted to restore all things in Christ. That was 1954. When he was raised to the altars. 
1954. Yes. All right. That's what you're going with. All right, Bobby. 15 seconds on the clock. The question is, when was Pope Pope St. Pius X canonized? Rudy seems to think it was 1954. What say you, Bobby? Well, I'm going to I'm gonna trust him. I mean, I know it was in the 50s, but I'm not sure which year, so hopefully he's right. I'm going to go with Rudy. All right. Let's check, check that and see if you are correct right there. And the answer is correct. Way to go, That's Bobby. That's a pretty high IQ That's strat right there. Yeah. You know, when they tell you to do the the, the the tests and you're like, well, go with what kind of makes sense a little bit. That's going to put you Imagine in the ballpark. Imagine if you were like 1953. Like, that would be, <laughs> that'd be so messed up. That'd be, that'd be so messed up. That's like a year off and done. No, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> but very good, Bobby. You got two out of three. And I got to say, I don't know anybody that would have known the Jesuit priest in the Jesuit U.S. Congress. Priest. Like, I had no idea. That's crazy. Yeah, that is pretty wild. Yeah. Now, wait. Bonus question here. Is it St. Pope Pius or Pope St. Pius X? Bobby, do you know the answer to that? Oh, geez. I think the uh, the traditional pronunciation uh, when you have a canonized pope is to say Pope St. and then his name, but pope I don't that, think either one is uh, That is, in fact, correct. Wow. Yeah, that is, in fact, correct. Redeemed The Bobby. correct answer is Pope St. It's, uh, it's also King St. So people oh. who say St. King, it's actually King St. and Pope St. Yes. So there you go. The honorific comes before the, the saint. So there you go. Praise be to God, Bobby. You even got the, the bonus question there. Now, stay on the line, Bobby, yeah. so make sure that uh, Rudy gets your contact information so if we draw your name on Friday, we can send you the prize. But God bless you, and thank you for calling in. Okay. Thanks a lot. All right. I'm going to put you on hold. Don't go anywhere, and have a blessed day at school, and hope uh, the kids all behave today. All right, that's going to lead us to the after show. You're going to want to join us for the after show today. It's going to be an awesome show. I'm going to tell you about me leaving CDT. Um, Plus, I'm going to talk to you about, um, we're going to talk about the whole thing going at World Youth Day. DJ Priest with Fonzie and Bishop Sheen today's Alan Smith is going to be on with the after show. A very busy after show. Uh, So you're going to want to join us. If not, see you tomorrow, 6 a.m. Central. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. And we are back. The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Christi, home of the salt community. For more information, visit Our Lady of Corpus Christi.org or salt.net to the feast of St. Lawrence, deacon and martyr. We offer this holy sacrifice of the Mass for all those listening to Guadalupe Radio Network and all of our online. Crown him with many crowns, the Lamb upon his throne. Hark how the heavenly anthem drowns all music but its own. Awake my soul and sing of him who died for thee. 
and hail him as thy matchless King through all eternity. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Christ eleison, Christ eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to people of good will. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you, we give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, only begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father. Have mercy on us, for you alone are the Holy One. You who alone are the Lord. You alone are the Most High. Jesus Christ with the Holy Spirit. In the glory of God the Father. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. O God, giver of that ardor of love for you, by which St. Lawrence was outstandingly faithful in service and glorious in martyrdom, grant that we may love what he loved and put into practice what he taught. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the second letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each must do as already determined, without sadness or compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Moreover, God is able to make every grace abundant for you, 
so that in all things, always having all you need, you may have an abundance for every good work. As it is written, he scatters abroad, he gives to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. The one who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed and increase the harvest of your righteousness. The word of the Lord. Blessed the man who is gracious and lends to those in need. Blessed the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commands. His prosperity shall be mighty upon the earth. The upright generation shall be blessed. Blessed the man who is gracious and lends to those in need. Well for the man who is gracious and lends, who conducts his affairs with justice. He shall never be moved. The just one shall be an everlasting remembrance. Blessed is the man who is gracious and lends to those in need. An evil report he shall not fear. His heart is firm, trusting in the Lord. His heart is steadfast, he shall not fear, till he looks down upon his foes. Blessed is the man who is gracious and lends to those in need. Lavishly he gives to the poor. His generosity shall endure forever. His horn shall be exalted in glory. Blessed the man who is gracious and lends to those in need. Alleluia, 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 Alleluia. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life, says the Lord. Alleluia. Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to his disciples, Amen, amen, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains just a grain of wheat. But if it dies, it produces much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will preserve it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, there also will my servant be. The Father will honor whoever serves me. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. He is not competing for you. He's not, Jesus is not going to negate who you are by loving him and denying yourself, taking up your cross and follow him. It is exactly the opposite because we don't find our purpose or meaning or significance or mission apart from love. Love is to deny yourself for the sake of another. For maybe it is for this reason that there are so few people, uh, young people, today getting married. There's this fear that if you 
deny yourself for another person or your family, somehow your own dreams will not be met and your own needs won't, you'll disappear or something. When the truth is, there's a huge part of a person that lies dormant, that hasn't yet woken up, that hasn't yet completely arisen to the occasion for which they were created. And you were created for love, the way a fish was created for water. There are, on the other hand, people who, I guess you'd say, hyper-realize love. And these are people like the martyrs, like St. Lawrence, the great martyr of Rome, where he sacrificed his very self for Jesus and for Jesus' poor. The, mar the emperor was so angry that he, you know, he, was playing, he wasn't being, you know, he wasn't being uh, untruthful. He was saying that the riches of the church, he said, I want to see the riches of, you have three days, show me the riches of this, this Catholic church. And he got all the poor and the sick and the lame in this basilica. And he said, here, here they are. These are the riches of the church because the riches of the church are actually charity. And in service of the poor, we realize the, the purpose for the church is the proclamation of the gospel of God to the poor. That's what the, the mission of the church really is. And that's where we shine and become who we really are. And so the emperor was so mad at him that he imprisoned him and he slow cooked him over a, a pit, a fire pit. And, you know, the famous St. Lawrence, his line is like, I'm done on this side, turn me over. Well, that's more than just a sense of humor. What that is, is it's a, it's a form of generosity. When humor in a time of trial or trauma or torture is a, is a, a kind of gift of generosity, it's kind of, in fact, the same, the, the same um, uh, what do you call it, the, the training of Navy SEALs is the same. It, is that all you got? You know, you're, it tickles. You know, it's kind of a way of saying, it doesn't really phase me because I'm looking at something much, much deeper. I'm looking at the love of Jesus, and this is really kind of silly compared any pain that I can endure, possibly endure on earth, pales in comparison to the love of God and the pain that Jesus endured for me. And for that reason, no matter how bad your life gets or how dark or sad or difficult or whatever trial or pain or temptation or whatever you are going through. It is always, the love of God is always greater. And so having the generosity to have a sense of humor in that situation is actually quite important. It means that you're not centered on your pain. It means that there's hope. And it means that with humor, you can lighten every single uh, darkness. You can lighten every heavy load. And it's an incredibly generous act to your neighbor to remain in good humor amidst trials and pains. And so St. Lawrence teaches us this. He also teaches us, as we said, to not be afraid to die to ourself, literally, but also sometimes it's not, it's not easy being a white martyr of dying many times. And I think in married life, I'd say it's probably accurate, and this is no exaggeration, about 47 times in a day, actual 
willing, choosing to deny yourself for the sake of the other, and choosing to say, I'm going to love. I'm not going to follow my own selfish demands. And in this way, you're not frustrating yourself. You're not, you know, you're actually coming alive. And the part of you that was made for love is revealing itself through this kind of love and service and laying down your life for the sake of the other. May St. Lawrence, the deacon and martyr, teach us this with generosity. And may the generosity of Jesus, who gives himself to us in the Eucharist, show us how to love unsparingly. We bring our petitions to the Lord. We pray for the whole church that it shine, may shine forth with the holiness of Jesus Christ to the nations. For this we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for our Holy Father, all bishops and priests, that they may lead the church with generous wisdom and courage. For this we pray to the Lord. We pray for government leaders, that they may not obstruct Christ. We pray for an end to abortion, same-sex unions, gender confusion, and human trafficking. We pray to the Lord. We pray for the sick, the suffering, the poor, those most in need of God's mercy, and that we may respond with generosity to Jesus' disguise in the poor. For this we pray to the Lord. We pray for an increase of vocations to priesthood and consecrated life, and also for the holiness of holy matrimony. For this we pray to the Lord. And we pray for all of our beloved dead, that they may enter the Father's eternal glory. We pray to the Lord. Eternal and blessed Father, we ask you to hear us, for we make these and all our petitions in the holy name of Jesus Christ, and through the powerful intercession of our Mother Mary, as we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Jesus, I believe. Jesus, I believe. Jesus, I believe. I believe in you. Jesus, I trust. Jesus, I trust. Jesus, I trust, I trust in you. Jesus, I love, Jesus, I love, Jesus, I love, I love you. Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and good of all his holy church. Receive with favor, O Lord, the offerings we joyfully make on the feast day of St. Lawrence, and grant that they become a help to our salvation through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you and with your spirit. Lift up your hearts, we lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. 
it is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, for the blood of your blessed martyr, St. Lawrence, poured out like Christ to glorify your name, shows forth your marvelous works, by which in our weakness you perfect your power, and on the feeble bestow strength to bear you witness through Christ our Lord. And so the, with the powers of heaven we worship you constantly on earth, and before your majesty without end we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Abaho, Lanis Uncelia Terra, Gloria Tua, Osana in excelsis, Benedictus, Que venit in nomine Domini, Osana in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. The time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and, giving thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. A mystery of faith. We proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may gather in one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world, and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis our Pope, Michael our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection, and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, Blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the Blessed Apostles, and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life, and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours, 
Accepte salutare bus moniti et divin institutioni formati, odehemus dicere, Pater noster, qui es in celis, sanctificetur nomen tuum, adveniat renum tuum, fiat voluntas tua, sicut in celo et in terra, Panem nostrum quotidianum da nobis hodie, et emite nobis debita nostra, sicut et nos dimitimus debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed libera nos amahalo. Deliver us, Lord, we pray from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, and by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. The kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins but on the faith of your church and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will who live and reign forever and ever. The peace of the Lord be with you always. On your day, we totally speak at the Mundi, we Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those who are called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. Communion Antiphon Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, there also will my servant be, says the Lord. Act of Spiritual Communion My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the Most Holy Sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen.
Jesus Christ, our Sovereign King, who is the world's salvation. All praise and homage do we bring, and thanks and adoration. Christ Jesus, Victor, Christ Jesus, Ruler, Christ Jesus, Lord, and Redeemer. Thy reign extend, O King benign, to every land and nation. For in thy kingdom, Lord divine, alone we find salvation. Christ Jesus, victor, Christ Jesus, ruler, Christ Jesus, Lord and Redeemer. To thee and to thy church, great King, we pledge our heart's oblation. Until before thy throne we sing in endless jubilation. Christ Jesus, victor, Christ Jesus, ruler, Christ Jesus, Lord and Redeemer. Let us pray. Nourished by these sacred gifts, we humbly implore you, O Lord, that the homage of dutiful service which we render on the feast of St. Lawrence may bring us an increase in your saving grace through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Go in the peace of Christ. Salve Regina, Mater Misericordiae, Vita Ducedo, Et Spes Nostra Zahave, Ad Te Clamamus, Exules Filii Hefe, Ad Te Suspiramus, Gementes et Flentes, In Hac Lacrimarum Vale. The Prayer to St. Michael St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg Thee through the intercession and help of the Archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. 
from every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Spreading the splendor of truth, this is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Joan Smith from St. Elizabeth Ann 